listening to She Thrives Radio. This is episode number 92, and today I have a guest for you guys. I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. I am talking to Dawn Fletcher, who you may know from Mentality Wad, which is her Instagram handle. Personally, I have been following her and a fan of hers for years and years, um, so I'm really excited to have her on the show today. Dawn is a performance coach who specializes in mental development. We are doing all mindset all day here today, folks, especially in light of training and sports and competition. You're going to love it. Dawn has been named one of the 30 most influential bloggers, and she helps driven athletes achieve greatness in their sport and in their lives. So one thing I want to mention is even if you're not currently training or in a sport, you're going to find some goodness in here. I promise. This is stuff that, yes, you can apply to sport and training, but you can apply this in a broad variety of areas as well. So just want to put that out there. So Dawn has a master's in kinesiology with a focus on sports psychology and is a certified strength and conditioning specialist with a CrossFit L3. So like I said, Dawn started Mentality Wad in 2013, and she has been helping athletes excel in training and competition since then. So she's coached more than a dozen athletes to the CrossFit Games and many others to championships and podiums and other elite competitions. We had a great time talking. I feel like we are so on the same page on so many different things, and I just, I love her perspective. Um, she's really fucking good at what she does. I think you guys are really going to enjoy this conversation. So how about I just go ahead and stop rambling and we can get you right into it. Let's go. She Thrives Radio is a production of She Thrives, a space designed to help you take care of you through a holistic and maybe sometimes unexpected approach to your own well-being. I'm Taylor Gage, your BS-free health and mindset coach, and your host who loves lifting heavy, laughing hard, keeping it real, and seeing you live like you love yourself. If you're looking to stop merely surviving and instead start thriving, well, you're in the right place. You ready? All right, team, I am so excited to bring to you today performance coach, Don Fletcher. Hi, how are you? Hey, Taylor, I'm good. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, I'm so excited to talk to you. I think that, um, I think that in a lot of ways, our work kind of overlaps, but I love how you specialize in, in sports, really in CrossFit or whatever uh, sort of sport I think is kind of applicable across the field. Uh, pun intended on that one. I'm just going to take that. Um, but so yeah, we have a lot to get into today, but why don't you just like give us a little bit of a, a, a rundown of you know who you are and what you do and how you got into this, um, this industry and this passion and this mission of yours. Totally. Most people know me for running Mentality Wad, which is a website that helps athletes with their mental development. Specifically, I work with a lot of CrossFitters, but it, like you said, it's applicable across the field, whether whatever sport you're playing or generally in your life. So largely what I do is coach performance oriented athletes on their mental game. It's just something that I have specialized in and something that I have a lot of passion about. I've been doing for um, just over a decade, I think, which is crazy when I think about it. But 
Um, mostly that's what I do. And then I have my own like personal growth and development things that I'm into myself. Uh, but that's, yeah, that's mostly what I do. I'm curious what those things are that you are into for yourself. Do you mind sharing one or a couple yeah. or whatever you've got in mind? I try to do something as often as possible that's uncomfortable and out of, you know, out of the norm for myself. Recently, mm-hmm. what have I been doing? I just walked a mile naked on the beach here in San Diego, which was pretty fun. Did you? I, yeah, I did. I mean, we have, it's kind of a nude beach, but kind of not really. And I've gone there before, but I've, and I've kind of like hidden stayed to myself, but I was like, shit, I'm going to just walk up and down and go swimming in the ocean. And it was amazing. Oh my gosh. Uh, so that was something just for fun, like to check it off the list. I just went to a weekend long improv course, which was really different and it was intensive. It was small group and you were, you were on the whole time. Like I had to dive in and just go for it. And it was two days and it was actually so much fun. I left there. was like, I think this might be like my new thing. <laughs> I mean, I knew I would like it, but I mainly did it for just the growth and just to be uncomfortable. And then like an hour in, I was like, sign me up. I love it. I want more of this. So I don't know. I'm doing things all the time. You know, I'm a regular ice bath person. I'm trying to just push myself and grow in all the ways that I can and learn something new about myself, get uncomfortable, encourage others to do the same and just have some fun with the things that, you know, can get in our way and some things that we know are holding us back, but to keep a playful approach to it. And for me, that's why I have found works the best. Oh, I love that. And I feel, <laughs> I feel like there's like, I feel like that sort of is, is probably, uh, probably going to be sort of the like slogan of today's conversation of just like getting uncomfortable in the name of, you know, growth and totally. anybody who's worked with me and been through my program knows that that's sort of like, that's all that we're doing through there too. So I feel like this is good territory to explore here. And I think where I want to start with you is kind of the beginning of the process of somebody who is like either interested in something like CrossFit or any sort of sport, you know, whether that's running or weightlifting or whatever it might be, um, or maybe has done it before, but taken a little bit of time off and this sort of kind of back in that sort of beginner-ish space, wanting to get back in, but finds themselves faced with a lot of intimidation and nerves and just like, I, you know, that whole headspace. So for somebody who is either just like actually brand new or revisiting something like this and is kind of just in their head about getting into it, totally. how do we overcome, how do we overcome that? How do we navigate that? What's, how do we sort of begin when it's something that we really want, but it's also really, really scary. Awesome question. And I think that the main step is this awareness piece of being able to say, what is it I'm afraid of, right? Like name the fear, name the discomfort. What are you feeling? Be able to put words to your emotions. And the the first step is that awareness piece. And once you know, okay, here's what I'm afraid of. This is why, this is why it's challenging. This is why it's hard for me. Then there's an acceptance piece of, okay, it's okay it's okay that it's hard. It's okay that I'm uncomfortable. It's okay that I'm nervous and I have doubt and I have fear. But I think the the worst thing we can do is be mad that we're fearful, right? Or be upset that we're feeling um, anxiety. And that just throws fuel like on the fire. It makes it worse. So the acceptance piece is really important. Like, okay, yeah, I have some fears. Okay, I have some anxieties. I have some worries and things that I'm nervous about. And that acceptance piece and just the way we talk to ourselves about our, about our emotions is really, really important. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's like the practice, right, of 
we get to choose, do we want to face this? Is it important for us? And is it something we want to continue to try to overcome and to get through? And if it is, and we choose that, then get help. I mean, do whatever you can to recruit one person or a support system or share, like share your fear with others and say, this is what I'm working on. This is what's challenging for me. Here's what I'm practicing. Like, I think we all are surprised initially when what we get back is a whole bunch of me too's, Mm. right? Me too, me too, me too. Or here's what I'm struggling with, or here's what I'm working on. Um, But, you know, one of the main keys in it is being able to look at it as a choice. Is this something I want to do? And if it's important to me, then what can I do about it? And after that, and you move into that action phase, the first best, the first next best thing to do is to recruit that support. I love that. And you, you touched on something in there that I think <clears throat> I just, this is something we talk about a lot around these parts, but I'd love to hear you really open this up. And it's the, the, just what is going on behind the curtain of the self-talk that is going on either in those moments of just like feeling intimidated uh, or to start. And then we can kind of move through sort of like, you know, the athlete's journey here and how this totally. will progress. But I think that like, what are some, maybe what are some really common threads that you seem to see a lot of with beginners or people who are just like really in that intimidated space and just really nervous? Um, and how do we adjust that? Like what, how do we move from that kind of damaging, limiting self-talk into something that's like actually making space right. for you to be actually able to do that and take a step <laughs> in and do the thing that you say you want to do? Right. I think two maybe common themes we might see and some unhelpful self-talk is one, uh, instead of this is challenging for me, it's the I suck, right? And mm-hmm. when you begin to say words that have a negative connotation about yourself instead of about the situation, that's when it's really tri- like triggering some unhealth, right? Some, some patterns that aren't serving us or aren't good for us. So being able to say, is what I'm saying in my head about the situation? Yeah, it's challenging for me right? It's uncomfortable. It's, it's pushing me to new limits. It's triggering maybe something in me that doesn't feel great. That's okay. That is healthy acknowledgement of the situation, of the scenario that you're in. Or is the self-talk, I am terrible at this. I suck at this. Because I'm having anxiety about it, I'm an anxious person that's a mess, that's never going to be able to overcome anything, that's not good enough, et cetera, et cetera. You know, language about ourselves that is unhelpful, negative in connotation, and and almost has a permanence to it, you know, like I mm-hmm. statements have a permanence to them versus I'm moving through something that's causing me some anxiety. That's that's more of a temper, temporal, is that the word I'm like, temporary way of looking at something, yeah. and, it, and it has, it's less, um, defines us less. So I think that's one area of self-talk to be aware of, right? Talking about the situation being challenging or talking about yourself in a way that has a lot of permanence and negative, um, unhelpful connotation to it. And that's huge. I love considering that how, how, um, it does have a sense of permanence to it. I think that, I think that we throw, words after the sentence I am or the mm-hmm. we throw words after the words I should say I am or I am not kind of with like right. just kind of recklessly I feel like sometimes totally. it's just like I am this or I'm not this or I'm not good at that or um and it really is so interesting to see how much that actually impacts 
the, the very thing that you're talking about, right? Like if that's the thing that you believe and that's sort of the banner you totally. put over the situation, then guess what you're going to find in that situation? And totally. it's not going to feel, it's not going to feel good. It's going to feel like, like more limiting and something that I feel like I saw a lot of, I'm not coaching at the moment. Um, but what for the years that I was coaching something that I constantly was seeing and in, in the gym was words like, you just touch on like, I'm not good at this, or I only did this, or I, you know, like I scaled it. Like it, it's like almost like kind of like self-demeaning. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Totally. That is like an easy, cause I feel like you can walk around the gym and you hear people saying stuff like that all the time. I only did that. All I just the time. Did this, and I'm not good at that and whatever. How do we start catching ourselves on this and like correcting in the moment? Cause that is like, I see it everywhere. Yeah. It's tough to do something about, about something when you don't know what you're doing. So learning from people like ourselves who are putting out this content and who are normalizing it, right? Like listening to people on podcasts, reading books, surrounding yourself with coaches who really talk about the mental side of all of this and the, what's going on internally with your dialogue and just from within, where are you? So educating yourself so that there's that awareness component mm -hmm. and then being able to learn from others who, again, who have practiced it. And it's not a, to me, it's not a, either you have it or you don't type of thing. It's a, are you practicing it or not type of thing. Um, as I'm sure that you remind your clients all the time, you're working on it. You're a work in progress. So am I. I'm always trying to become more aware of how are my thoughts? Are they serving me? Or are they working against me? And in what ways can I modify them? And so learn from those who are also practicing. I think that's a big thing. And begin to ask them, what are the strategies? So, you know, what are the strategies? It's journal, it's self-reflection, it's um, a general having a pause and having like mindful moments after you work out before the gym, after the gym to be able to say, you know, was there anything during that, that I recognized that maybe wasn't serving me? Tell mm -hmm. other people what you want to work on so that they can hear you and they can help keep you accountable and they can catch you. I tell people all the time, like during this interview right now, I have three words written on the side, like, you know, and I mean, because I overuse them in my podcast and my interviews. It's really wise of me to tell you, hey, Taylor, if you catch me saying like a lot, let's interrupt this interview and be like, don't work on that. So small things like that, let's hold each other accountable to helping ourselves be better. Why not? Why not share in that? I think there's a, a risk for embarrassment, but for me, uh, there's greater embarrassment in not trying than there is in allowing other people to hold us accountable. So if that was something I was working on in the gym, I would tell my training partners and tell my coaches. Mm. I would say, hold me accountable. If you hear something coming out of my mouth that's demeaning in nature or it's self-deprecating like you were talking about, an I statement, and whatever those things are for yourself that you recognize are unhealthy, let the people in your circle who are in your environments know what you're working on. I love that. I feel like uh something that we talk about um in my in my mentorship program like the very first week we're like you can't change what you don't notice so noticing is absolutely step one to this whole whole shebang that you just watched it like i think it is so important to pay attention to how you are speaking not only in your head but like how you're talking to your training partner or your coach or like whatever it is and the words that you're using and how you're describing um what you're about to do or what you just did and uh, pay really close attention to that because there's a lot, there's a lot of power in there. Absolutely, yeah. I think the the, the second part of the self talk that is important to be aware of is what I mentioned before about how do you interpret the emotions you're feeling. For example, mm -hmm. if I'm feeling anxiety, is my next thought is my response to the anxiety 
I, I suck because I have anxiety, right? Or I'll never get over this, a, a permanent negative response to the react to the emotion that we're experiencing. Mm -hmm. Or if we're feeling fearful, is it, right? I'm afraid of everything. I'm never going to be able to overcome this. And um, talking down at ourselves for an emotion that we're experiencing that's uncomfortable. And again, I think that's just throwing fuel on the flames and it continues to make that emotion feel uh, suffocating and bigger and stronger and worse. But I always say emotions aren't bad. Like we, I think we all group a lot of emotions into this bad category mm -hmm. and we just don't want to feel them. And we're terrible if we do feel them. I'm like, all emotions in the human experience are good. They're beautiful. And how amazing it is that we get to feel them. And sometimes we actually can't control that we're feeling anxious or we can't control that we're feeling fearful, but we can control our response to it. And if our first response is acceptance, like, all right, I see you. This is real. This is real to me. It doesn't make it any less. It is, it is true. It is real. And it's okay. Like, it is okay to be feeling all the things, people. What do we do next, right? But our response to those uncomfortable emotions to me has been one of the, the greatest things I've learned in my life to understand and then have power over and be able to, again, keep a lighthearted like, response to my emotions. Like, mm. It's okay. They're all good. It's all okay. And I think that's one of the strongest things that we can develop and learn and practice in how we move forward with things that are uncomfortable in our lives. Yeah, there's, I couldn't agree more with that. I think that um, we have a tendency to, whether it's in the gym or in any circumstance at all, we have a tendency to, you know, be in a position that maybe doesn't feel really good. Or maybe we're nervous. Maybe we're just like upset or frustrated. And sort of our initial response from there is like, okay, how do I fix this? How do I get out of this? I don't want to be here. Let's move away. What do I need? How do I, and it's like totally. that push in so many ways exacerbates the whole thing. And it's like the second 100%. you just go, yeah, the second you're like, oh, all right. Yeah. I'm nervous. Like, all right. <laughs> right. Here we are. You know, it's and like some of us, thing. I think, yeah. Learn that the, most of us, I think, learn it the hard way, right? When we try to avoid things or make them better and we get ourselves into a state of like really uh, tightly bound anxiety or insomnia, or for me, I had panic attacks and just anxiety that I could not control, but it was the state of I'm trying to keep it so that no one else knows about it. And then I'm trying to figure it out and, and understand it completely, which made me even more anxious. Mm. And then I was running from it in the way that you're talking about, how do I fix it? How do I avoid it? And I read something one time that was like, if you're running from an angry barking dog and you keep running, like you're getting exhausted. If you just turn around and face the dog, it stops chasing you. Mm. Some, something to that effect, which really resonated with me and exactly in line with what you're saying. It's like, the more we try so hard not to feel something or to get away from it or avoid it or to wish we weren't feeling it, the worse it feels. Mm -hmm. And when we say, hey, this is something I'm experiencing and this is where I'm at and it is okay. And it just, again, the, the feeling doesn't go away, but it just lessens the stronghold it has on you. Yeah, I love that. It reminds me of a um, an Alan Watts quote, which is one of my favorites at the moment. Um, wanting to be out of pain is the pain. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh yeah. my God, my brain exploded when I read that. I was like, yes, that's it. It's like you just get in this tangle and it's so counterintuitive, but it's like the second you just kind of relax into it, it's just like, 
oh yeah, it's not, it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Or like we make it, we make it easier on ourselves, I should say. Absolutely. By keeping it within it, it causes it to get bigger, right? The yeah. moment we share it, like I've already shared so many things and just what we've been on the call for like 15 minutes, but the moment you share it, uh, you have the freedom to be able to normalize it and mm-hmm. to, just give it some attention, but not all your attention, you know, just have the comfort and being able to share whatever it is that you're going through. It immediately helps the situation. I think that there's this really interesting paradox. I don't know if paradox is the word, but there's a, there's an interesting thing that happens with CrossFitters because I feel like the people who would tend to be drawn to CrossFit tend to be really competitive people, right? That's just kind of how that works out. Those and are my clients, all of them. Yes. Yeah. So how, I'm just interested in hearing you kind of walk the line or reconcile these two concepts that it can be really, I think for some people can be actually like tangled into one thing, if not very closely related, which is being competitive and constantly comparing yourself to either people, you know, other athletes in your environment or like a previous version of yourself, because I see that a lot as well. So how do we kind of walk that line and have it be in like a healthy way versus having it be something that compounds and is actually keeping us like far from, you know, our potential or what we want for ourselves? Great question. I don't know if I'm going to be able to answer this, (laughs) unpack this big one in like a compact, nice digestible statement. Um, You know, it's tricky. It really comes back to the person's values and their desires, right? And what they want for themselves, both as an athlete and as a person. And and we, in my sessions and in, in the work I do, do a lot of work on that and a lot of talking about what are you seeking in your life? What do you want? What do you value? Who do you want to be? How do you want to move through the things that you're doing? And until you really identify that, I don't know where to move from as your coach. And so we put a lot of work into identifying just who you want to be and how you want to navigate what's in front of you, what's important to you, right? And once we develop that and understand that, I think then we have a a pillar to move from, we have a base to move from, because then I can help the person navigate things like competition and leaderboards and, you know, constantly looking at your score and your outcome, because we can tie it back to what's important to them. But for everybody, that's a little bit different. And so I always kind of challenge the those types of questions with more questions. Well, what do you value? What are you chasing? What's important to you? Um, How are you aligning like your life and and how are you making your decisions? Because from there I can, I can really help that person make those connections about are their actions in line with their habits? Are their habits in line with their values? And that's what it's all about. Because if they're not, then we get to decide again, do we, what do we want to do about the situation? What are we willing to try to make the situation work better for us? Um, because you're right, there's a, there's a lot of comparison and competition when you talk about a, a sport. And sometimes it even gets as real as, as talking the athlete through, you don't have to play this sport. Mm. Competitive sports may not be for you at this time, not ever, and not never again, but at this time. If it's not serving you, it's not healthy for you, it's not helping you grow, pushing you to be a better person, you know, expanding your joy, then it might not be best for you right now at this time. Step back, take a break, reassess. We can do something, we can do other things in our life that are healthy and help keep us fit that are not competitive. Did you know that? Mm. Mm-hmm. 
and, and sometimes that's the best reality that someone can get. I love that. And I want to get into that in a second. And I think, but before I move from here, cause I think there's a lot in here that's awesome. And so many great points that you just made. I think that another thing that I seem to see a lot of kind of in that tangle of um, competition and comparison um, is this, it's sort of how we're defining winning and losing and like failure and six, like and success, like what those things even look like. And I know that like, like, listen, like even in like your friendly neighborhood, like CrossFit gym, winning is like a thing, right? Like right. there's you, there's leaderboards, there's apps, there's all this stuff kind of rank. It's like, it's, a, it's ranked. Right. And so winning is like a thing. So how, how do we like, how do we pursue that? Cause I think that that's fine and good and okay, but have that not be this heavy thing that we're experiencing that when we don't win, whatever we've decided that it is even at all, like whatever that metric is for us, it becomes this crushing like failure sensation that becomes like spirals into this self-defeating thing that we've been sort of touching on. Like, how do we, how do we balance those? Right. I think what you said is key is defining it first, defining mm -hmm. what is success to you, what is winning to you. I have been competitive my whole life and have played every sport under the sun. And I now define success as inner peace. Mm. And anything in my life that brings me more inner peace is serving me is good for me. I love it. And anything that is bringing me inner turmoil or further from inner peace, not good for me, not serving me. So until someone defines what success is for them, what winning looks like for them and feels like for them, there's no point in having any further dialogue about this. Now, once they have defined what that is, exactly what that is, if they say it's first and only first on the leaderboard, because I have those clients too, and I'm okay with that. I say, if that's your definition, let's go for it, right? What can we do to move closer to a place where going after that is good for us? And if that's how you define winning and success, wherever it is based on the leaderboard, based on what you want to accomplish, great. What can we do to still organize your habits and your routines in a way that's going to get you as close to that goal as possible and keep you in a healthy mindset? And so some of that, what we do then is begin to make sure that the person has some mental prep before workouts, making sure that they're going into that, that day and that workout thinking about what are they going to work on? What is their focus for that session? Along with some gratitude right? Glad to be here. Here's what's feeling good. Here's, here's the choice I made to get here. Here's what's going on in my life that has allowed me to get to this place. Like it's a privilege to be able to push myself today and to be at the gym and to be have, have this time and to have this ability and to have these resources, etc. So setting yourself up for a mind frame before you even go into those types of workouts or those competitions where you're going to be evaluated. And then afterwards, there's, a, there's like a mental cool down period. What did I learn today? What did I do well today? That's it. If you ask yourself those two questions after every single thing you did, before someone else assesses you, right, before you get feedback from a coach, before you get feedback from a leaderboard, assess yourself. And being able to do that in an objective way, like, here's what I learned and here's what I did well, every single time. Because if you're growing and learning, you're getting better. And no one can deny that. No athlete can deny that. No coach can deny that. So the person who learns and grows most efficiently is actually the person who's the best who ends up being the winner 
So it's, it's a little bit of rewiring, but I think the defining it comes first. I love that. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I love that because I've done episodes on basically what you just said there. And I'm like, yeah, that's, I you're all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but I do think there's, uh, there's just so much, there's so much power in what you just walked through, right? Every single component of that, like defining these things for yourself, taking a moment to just like, thank your lucky fucking stars. You totally. even have the privilege to stand here and try this today. Damn right. Like that on its own, like, whew, that'll bring you right back to the center. You're damn right? right. Like that's powerful. And I think the last thing that you touched on there is sort of defining like, is, is, is being a little bit more, is, is turning a little bit more focus into the growth and the process yes. of it versus yes. the outcome and the results of it. And then love to open that all up here. Cause I think, again, that's a huge theme we get into here. Um, yes. but something I've seen you share, um, that I really loved and I just wanted you to kind of walk us through it, um, is this concept of inner victories, right? So it's like, there's the big shiny shit of like hitting your PRs and the stuff that most people I think check off the list and they register as progress and, you know, results and growth and improvements. But below the surface, there's a ton of shit happening. And I want you to just kind of take me through what that looks like and what it means and why it's so valuable for us. Yeah, the inner victories, I guess, are, are things that not necessarily anybody else knows about or doesn't maybe celebrate in the way that we see, right, with PRs, with leaderboards, with wins and losses. Um, but the inner victories are you being able to overcome or move through something that is mentally challenging for you, like a point in the workout where you have a f an immediate feeling of, I don't want to keep going. This I, I don't like this. This doesn't feel good. I don't want to keep going. And maybe you just stop and breathe for five seconds. You smile and then you take another step or you do another rep. Right there is an inner victory of recognizing this is uncomfortable. This doesn't feel good. I want it to stop. Taking a moment, responding to it positively with a smile, with a breath, and then moving forward. Huge inner victory, right? Or something else like maybe there's something going on that you, you know, it's a challenge for you to get to the gym and you haven't been consistent, but you're letting other people know that you want to be consistent and you get there and it's like a Monday morning and it's 5.30 a.m. and it's dark outside and it's cold, but you're there and you walk into the door. And other people might not know how hard that was for you to get in that door, but you walk in that door and you just take a moment to smile as you're walking in that door. You're like, fuck yeah. Like, I am here and no one else, it doesn't even matter right? But you know, that's like an inner victory for you. And so it's really anything that you are working on within yourself that you can move through and take a positive step towards and appreciate, take, take that moment to appreciate and, and celebrate that inner victory that no one else has to know about. But, but maybe for a week, you write down what are your inner victories today? Every day for a week, you just try it. It could be workout related, it could be personal, it could be whatever, but it's something that you have intention about that you're working on, that you're, that you're struggling through or trying to overcome, that you're going to take one positive step towards and being able to celebrate those inner victories. And maybe you share them with a couple people that are intimate to you, right? Like your coaches or your significant others that understand it, but otherwise no one needs to know. You can just record them for yourself. And I, I can guarantee that if you're racking up the inner victories, mm -hmm. The wins, the outcomes, mm -hmm. the PRs, not only are they coming, but they're fucking icing on the cake. Mm -hmm. Like they're secondary. Mm -hmm. 
because I have worked with athletes who have won and said, I still feel like I've lost. I've worked with athletes at the top of their game who perform their best, who you would put on a pedestal like in a second if you were just looking on Instagram. Like that person's a badass. They're fucking awesome. They're great. And at the end of these workouts or the end of an open or the end of a season or part of, part of their season, they're feeling let down. They're feeling unsatisfied. They're feeling inner turmoil, right? Lack of inner peace. Whether it's because they're, they're not intentionally working on some of the mental components or they know that there's something that maybe they left points on the table or maybe they had one of those kind of mental lapses that kept them from performing like they're capable of. And that hurts more than the like performing like you know you can. It hurts more to know that mentally something held you back. I love that concept. It's actually something that I do with my, my clients and my program as well, because it is so, I think there's, there's so many amazing reasons to do that. But I think one of the things that tends to be so powerful for people is that you sort of take ownership of your own growth process. You get to decide what's important to you in this and like what you're looking for out of this and what you would consider a win to yourself that nobody else, like you said, sees, has to know about it all. So it's like, we're, we're kind of like, we're turning that this, I think, which is just like a, it's almost like an epidemic right now. Everybody just like trying to chase all the things all the time that everybody tells them that they should want for themselves in all these different areas of our life. And it's like, rack up your resume and show everybody how fucking awesome you are with all these checkpoints. But it's like Mm -hmm. the inner work is where things completely shift where you can change. And I think when you do that, when you start taking ownership of that process and you're like, okay, be that as it may, this resume and this checklist and these PRs and the wad times, whatever, what am I looking for here today? What's important to me and how can I show up for myself? That I feel like is just like, Yep. And we have to do that with consistency. We need reminders to do that and do that with consistency and create a rhythm of it. Because once we do that, like then we can settle into the flow of, of again, doing things in our routine and our habit that serve us and that help us. And most people need some coaching, some reminders, some accountability around that at first until they start to reap the benefits. And then when you do, oh, you'll never fucking not do it. <laughs> I totally You'll never that. not. <laughs> yeah, but you have to have that period first where you, where you reap the benefits. And sometimes up front, that takes just some coaching and accountability and some structure. And that's an important part of the process. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things that I saw um, on your site that I definitely wanted to make time for today, because I think it's like, I mean, again, this has been a, a big thing that we've been talking about around these parts. And then I think we all need to be reminded of and like hear from a million different people all the time. So mm-hmm. I want to hear you share a little bit about this is balancing your intensity of training mm-hmm. and what that looks like, what that means, how we go about that. I saw something on a blog post of yours that I really love that you, you just like point blank. You're like, Hey, excuse me, listen, if, if CrossFit is the only activity that you've done for the last month, fix that shit right now. Totally. <laughs> we need to find a, like a balanced counterpoint. So take me through what that looks like and why that's so important and also hard to do. And how do we, how do we do this? How do we balance out this intensity with CrossFit or any of these sports? Yeah. The big piece is being able to look at the intensity component of, I saw something the other day, I think it was in a, YMCA, which I thought was brilliant. And I was like, wow, if this concept could be carried over to CrossFit, it would change the game. Mm -hmm. It was simply 
two different workouts that you could draw from. One said, ready to crush it today. And one said, just glad to be here. And they were different. And it was awesome. And I thought, wow, if each person just went through that process in their own heads about like, am I feeling good, right? Is my body feeling good? Did I sleep last night? Am I well nourished? All of those things. Am I ready to bring intensity to it? And then you can choose to do that, you know, actively choose to do that. Or I'm run down. I'm stressed. This is what's going on. I'm under rested and undernourished. I'm going to just take it easy today and give myself what I need for today. So it's a novel concept to the CrossFit world, right? It's all about intensity and it's preached. And what we see on Instagram is people that are saying, I'm dying and I'm suffering and it was terrible. And here's me barely functioning after workout. And let's like honor how much we can die, right? This is like, it's turned into a war language and it's ridiculous and it's not reality. And it's also not what's best for most of us most of the time right? There's a period of intensity that's important when you're trying to become your best, but largely it's reserved for less than 10% of our training. Mm -hmm. If you are really working on uh, training your weaknesses and training the broad range of things that can help you be more well-rounded, more athletic. So it's not only is it not necessary, but it's also um, for most people, not what's going to help them and serve them in, in their day to day. So how do we offset intensity? Because most of us are stressed already from our personal lives, stressed already from our professional lives, rushing around, right? Over stimulated to the max. And we barely spend any time throughout our day in a parasympathetic state, a rest and digest a relaxed state. And most of the time we're moving through this life at a frenetic pace. And so then getting to the gym and asking of ourselves to to bring more intensity is counterproductive most of the time for most people. Again, unless it's your full-time gig and you're, and you're sleeping and eating around your workouts and you're, set, you're setting yourself up to simply be able to train in the gym, that's not most people's situations. And so being able to look at that and have some reality around that and be able to say, how much throughout my day and throughout my week am I moving at a fast pace and moving with intensity and moving in a stressed state, how much of my life and my day am I spending in a intentionally relaxed state? And how can I begin to practice offsetting some of my tendencies to move faster, do more, take on more, and then try to bring the intensity in my workouts? Uh, you'll either decide that and make changes or you'll come to a place where you'll have to. Mm -hmm. and, it, and it won't be comfortable and it won't be fun. It'll be either a, a, a big, huge mental, emotional obstacle, or it'll be injury and pain and constant discomfort. So I try to warn people up front about, hey, here's some things we can do. Here's how we can schedule off days. Here's how we can enter into parasympathetic two times a day, you know, in our mornings, in our, in our afternoons. Here's how we can offset some of that throughout our daily life. Because again, if it's not done with consistency, it's not, it's not effective. I think what you just said is so important. I just want to take a second for everybody just like nod along to that for a second because that's uh I know that was probably a lot. No, <laughs> I, just went, I just went on a good one. So so I mean for I you know, I think anybody familiar with um any of my listeners who are familiar with my story, like I had to take I just have taken a full year off of all fitness to let some nervous system and um a, a laundry list of things sort of resolve themselves with nothing but rest. And so it's something we've been talking a lot about around here. And I think that um, there are, there's a tendency to conflate 
um, rest with laziness. Like I feel like so many of us can't even get into that place because it's like, well, you shouldn't be doing this. You should be taking advantage of this and you should be taking advantage of this and do that and do this. How do we get out of that space and allow ourselves to actually take this thing that is so vital to our health, not only our performance, but like our baseline fucking health and well-being? How do we get our mind to allow us to do that for ourselves without having this running to-do list and should and shit? Practice. I mean, Mm -hmm. I would ask that person, how's that working for you? Mm -hmm. How's that working for you? Right? How are you sleeping at night? what would you give yourself on a one to 10 of stress scale? How, you know, I'd, I would generally try to find out how is that pace working for you in your life, in your relationships? How do you feel? How are you sleeping? How, how are things going in your life? Are you, again, are you experiencing inner peace, joy on a day-to-day basis? What are you doing as a regular practice to appreciate what you have and what you're doing? And yeah, then the, then it's practice. It is simply practice reps. Again, you either practice it or you're going to get to a point where you have to. Mm-hmm. And so there's your options. I mean, I didn't practice it until I had to. Insomnia, panic attacks, like, oh, you name it. I had it. Uh, injuries, whatever. And I was like, oh my God, this isn't working for me. Mm-hmm. Grad school, three jobs, an internship, training for marathon, triathlon, coaching CrossFit, waking up at five, trying to do all those things wasn't working for me. And when it wasn't, I was, I was willing to make a change, but it doesn't have to get to that place. I don't believe, I I do believe that we can put ourselves in a position where we can learn, we can read about rest and restoration and parasympathetic and breathing and gratitude and meditation. And we can, we can be an active student, a participant and a student to be able to learn about how those things could benefit us. And then we can practice them again with coaching or with accountability and setting up just daily habits and structures in our life to begin to practice five minutes at a time, 10 minutes at a time, go to a meditation or a yoga class, attend, you know, a weekend long retreat or med- like something on meditation or something that honors slower movement and appreciation. We can learn about those things and we can practice them. Um, but I do think for most people, it's, go- it's going to take some work up front. You just kind of touched on a couple examples there and I don't know if there's anything else that you wanted to throw in, but what are some good examples of how to do this for ourselves? I mean, aside from, you know, something like, like really clearing your schedule out to go to something like a retreat or something like, what are some really actionable steps that we can take that do build that into our life or what are some activities maybe um, that help do this offset that you've been talking about? Yeah, anything that's intentionally slow is helpful. And I think the best thing for most all of us is a total like removing stimulus altogether and just being sitting in silence. Mm -hmm. Whether it's eyes closed or eyes open, indoor, outdoor, find a spot. It's literally just sitting in silence and just instead of like trying to move slowly through what you're doing, instead of getting an app to learn how to breathe or whatever, it's do nothing. Stare at a wall, get comfortable practicing five minutes at a time of being silent with nothing else, no distractions, nothing around you. Ideally, you don't even, you can't even see electronics Mm. and there's no other distraction whatsoever. And just the practice of being still and silent for five minutes at a time, 10 minutes at a time, a couple of times a day, I think is the most impactful thing we can do throughout our days. Um, And then you can grow on that and you can expand on that. Like I'm someone who takes like, 30 minutes to an hour minimum to myself in the morning. I like, I take 
you know, meditative prayer time before something like this, a podcast and after and before every client call and after and then again in the evening, like, I have it all throughout my day in an almost obsessive manner because I recognize its importance. Because typically I would go from thing to thing to thing and, and try to do as much as possible. But I have now begun to appreciate moving at a slower pace and implementing pauses and quiet time and downtime and reflective time. Now I am so much more anxious if I don't have it. Mm. I love that. That's literally my favorite pastime, sitting alone in silence. I just yes. did um, just yesterday, which, you know, this show is going to air a while from today, but um, just yesterday for my, for my first time, I did um, a float tank, which awesome. I, absolutely loved it was like my it was like all my favorite things all together just quiet stillness no sensory oh. stimulus is amazing did you do camp. 30 minutes or 60 i did an hour yeah awesome yeah i recently did it too and i loved it and i have i mean i have most of my friends had like you know some panic and anxiety response and they got out or they stopped or they didn't appreciate it or didn't like it and some people after having that aren't willing to go again which i still encourage you to try again if it's something that you didn't like immediately mm. but like yourself i was like Hell yes. <laughs> it was really uh, good. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I loved it. I can't wait to go again. And I feel like um it is it is so bizarre to just like tie in what you're speaking. I feel like it's it's bizarre in that that's something that we have to like get our I feel like in some ways get ourselves to do. You know what I mean? Like I mean I don't really feel like I personally personally have to I, like, it's really my favorite thing to do, but I feel like for a lot of my clients, it's like something you have to like, just to not have shit in your face all the time or shit in your brain all the time. Like it's, it kind of, it's just a really, really stark contrast to like be floating in this fucking, um, tank, Absolutely. you know, with no, nothing. And then it's like, you realize how much shit is actually thrown at you throughout the day when you just take an hour or whatever it is to just like remove that. It's really kind of puts it in perspective and it's like, yeah, no wonder we need this. Like it's too much. Yeah. yeah. It is too damn much. I think most people will say like your, your clients, people you work with or myself, they'll say, I have more anxiety from not doing something. So I don't want to not do it because I'm get more anxious by not doing something. Mm. And that's just making their anxiety worse or making their stress feel more. And it's like, yes, there is that initially. There is that initially if like, if I don't go to the gym, they're going to feel more anxious. Or if I'm not doing something for my to-do list and it's building, I'm going to feel more anxious. And there is that initially. But then I think, do you want, do you want your life to be always reactive to your environment? Or do you want to be the person who says, I'm going to decide how I'm going to move through this space and this day and my hour and my time and my energy. And, um, do that in like a proactive way that you're the person in control and in charge of your energy and your speed and not something else because otherwise your to-do list always controls you and the social media and the next thing and the kids and the errands and the, and the, and the, and the, and there's endless of that. And so for the rest of your life, you're saying you're okay with that being what's in control of mm. you versus mm. I am going to say, no, I am going to have this 20 minutes regardless of my emails, regardless of the text I have on my phone and my checklist and all of that, that I'm going to have this 20 minutes to myself. That, that creates a carryover effect, right? To everything else that you do that you mm -hmm. say, I recognize there'll be things left undone and I'm still going to prioritize in a way that serves me and is healthy for me regardless. Yes. 
Boom. Put that on a t-shirt. Black writing on a white t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here, team. All of that. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I love, um, I mean, I love everything you talk about because I think it's just like, it's super, super fun and important for a lot of reasons. But one of the things that I wanted to open up a little bit here today was something that I talk to, again, my clients a lot about, but I talk a lot about on this show um, as well. And I love how you um, weave this concept into training and um, exercising. So I wanted to hear how you feel like the scarcity versus abundance mindset shows up for you or your clients, like particularly in the gym, like what that looks like. Um, and like, how do you know if you're living in scarcity mindset when you're in the gym or really anywhere? Um, and what do we gain when we start to move or shift just you know, a little bit into that space of like, do you ask these loaded questions? <laughs> <laughs> Do we have another hour? Mm, I know. It's a big um, one, but I think it's super important because this is one of these things like it's like growth versus fixed mindset. It's like it's such a foundational thing that if we don't recognize that we're living in, like it's like, well. Yes. I think the main thing and the main way that shows up in fitness and performance is seeing other people's successes. What is your response to other people's successes? Whether it's someone else's PR, someone winning something, someone doing better than you, what is your response to that? It, is it immediately, does it have an impact immediately on your own value and your own worth and what you believe is possible for yourself? And, and again, if it does, being able to say, that's something that I have an unhealthy response to. It's not serving me. Every time I see somebody else do something good, I feel worse about myself. And again, that's kind of tied to like what you're talking about with the scarcity and the abundance mindset. But uh, otherwise, we can see someone else's success. Like I can see what you're doing on your website, for example. I can see what you're doing with your coaching clients and with your podcast. And I'm like, well, I don't have any of that stuff. Like I don't. But then I'm like, that's fucking awesome. You go, girl. Like how rad that you're doing it. We're so similar in so many ways, like our coaching, our background, what we've done with, you know, our services and, and how we can impact other people. And I, I feel great about seeing another woman succeed, but I could easily not, I could easily look at what am I not doing that she is and how am I less valuable than her because of what she's doing. Mm -hmm. And I think that when you, again, can recognize what is your response to other people's success is a big one in fitness and performance. And is that response helping you or hurting you? And what can we do to celebrate other people? What can we do to reach out to other people and say, how can I help you even be more successful? And maybe that's coming on your podcast and just being like, let's blow this out to as many people as possible. Like, do you want to work together in the future? Whatever it is, like join the other person in helping them even be more successful because what they're going to achieve has no correlation whatsoever into what you're capable of achieving. And if we can celebrate other people and actually help them in their success, we're gonna move into a more grateful space and we're gonna probably set ourselves up for better future success of our own. Well, you just took that massive concept and just like turned it into, I think, I think you nailed that. I think, um, especially in that gym space and how that ties into these concepts of comparison versus mm -hmm. competition and all of this and like, um, be like, see, yeah, what it means when you see somebody else do something that you feel like you want to be doing, which I think is, uh, you know, we see a lot of in the gym where it's just like, yeah. oh, you know, she got that, you know, we've always been like pretty closely, you know, whatever. And like, oh, she got that. Hey, does that and, mean I can't or that there's not enough for me or mm -hmm. that I'm less than, 
No, it means that person's worked their ass off and good for her. Go give her a high five. Go give her a hug. Help write her PR on the board. Mm. Do everything you can to celebrate it, especially if that's uncomfortable for you. Mm -hmm. I love that. So one of the things that uh, I also wanted to hear you talk about, and this is something that, you know, I've actually been, um, the last few um, guests we've had, we've been talking about a really similar thing. And this is another one of these things that I think that we can't hear enough um, because I think it seems to me to be one of the big misconceptions out there with any mindset work at all, which is that mindset work or mental training of any variety inherently means like constant positivity. Mm -hmm. Can you, can you talk me, walk me through a little bit of that? Um, why, maybe why that's something that we are, we correlate as like meaning the same thing. Um, and what, what it actually is. Cause I feel like that's such a, it's such a, a prevalent like misconception or misnomer yeah. about this kind of work. So what is it really? <laughs> yeah. I think that's a lot of like Fitzbo messages, right. And quotes that people share because, because they're not well versed on the topic, which happens, right. It's just like saying fitness is all about running or whatever. So it, it's understandable why there's misconceptions out there that, that any type of mindset training just means be more positive in your life. Just look at things like with glitter on them. Everything's okay. And talk about it. Like it's all fine. And that is not, that's missing. That's missing the point for sure on a deeper level. Uh, but I can understand why that's a, that's a leading misconception out there. There's a lot of quotes about positivity mm -hmm. and just be grateful and be more positive and mm -hmm. then your life is fine. And it's just not that easy. I wish it was. <laughs> um, yeah, it's deeper than that. That's a, that's a, that's a component of, of mental development is working on how you perceive things and uh, what is your perception about the struggles you're going through, the challenges you're going through. I like to focus on something called like optimistic realism. Shit's going to be hard and I am going to work through it. Mm -hmm. That's life. It's not I'm pessimist and it's not all, everything's going to be fine. I'm all good. Right. That's a lie. It's bullshit. Things are going to be challenging. I'm going to be able to move through those. And so being able to honor this like optimistic realism, I find it very healthy and very freeing and very life-giving and very hopeful way to live. That's not trying to sugarcoat everything. Mm -hmm. All that to say that, that how we, how we look at things is just one aspect of mental training. Mm, yeah. There's a lot that. more. I mean, there's grit, there's composure, there's adaptability, there's mental strength, there's awareness, motivation, working through challenges, understanding our emotions. I mean, I could go on. It's what I do. That's what, that's why I love it so much. Cause there's so many unique components to help, you know, helping ourselves understand ourselves better. And then what do we do with that information? And there's always another layer to like peel always. back on too. It's like just when you Not feel like you, process. yeah, it's like CrossFit itself, it's right? It's just exactly like CrossFit. And that's, that's when I, when I recognized that like 10 or 12 years ago, when I started this whole thing, I was like, Oh my God, the parallels like this, like my brain is like combusting because it's so happy with all this <laughs> stuff. I just like, I, I could never choose between helping people like with strength and conditioning and CrossFit on the fitness or side of things or the mental side. And I, and I always felt like I had to, to some degree, because if you're pursuing your degree or if you're going to start your business, it's like, you have to choose like, 
What are you going to specialize in? What is going to be your niche? And of course, I have that through the mental side of this, but I, I always still wanted to be involved in the strength and conditioning side. And that's why getting like CSCS and CrossFit level three and having the experience like on that level with the athletes was always so important to me because I loved that and I valued it. And I knew that I couldn't coach the mental side if I didn't understand the physical side and vice versa. Yeah. And that's what I think um, makes this style of coaching so unique because I have a lot of clients that come to me and say like, oh, I tried therapy, but that didn't work because they didn't understand my sport. Or my CrossFit coach just doesn't get it. They're really good at coaching the squat and the mechanics, but they're not helping. They don't get how to help me from the mental side. And, and I thought how unique and awesome it, it would be to be able to do both. And that, that's what I, that's what I have focused on doing for the last decade. And I, I'm still a work in progress. It's still every day there's new information and adventures, for yeah. us, as you know, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm down for it all. It's such a ride. <laughs> I love that. And I think it's so important, like you said, and it's such a, it is a unique way to approach this. And I think it's so needed because you're right. These things are not islands. Like they are related to, and in some senses dependent on each other and they work in harmony. And so it's like, you know, it's sort of, um, again, it's kind of ties into like the, the CrossFit metaphor of like functional dreaming versus just like, you know, isolation. So I think it's really, I think it's really interesting and really awesome. And, um, I think you're right. I think it, if we approach it with the understanding that there is no finish line to even this work, like nope. it's so much, almost like it, it ties back into what we were speaking about earlier. It's like, what are these just like tiny little inner victories or these small wins in these places that, yeah, you maybe like turned a corner or peel back a layer just a little bit more and like, um, and have that be exciting and enough on its own. Totally exciting and fun. The reason people do CrossFit or the reason people do any type of physical challenge is because it's stimulating. That also means it's going to come with its challenges. Anything that's stimulating comes with challenges. Anything that's provoking growth in you comes with challenges. I work with people who've been doing CrossFit for over 10 years. They've been at the games over five times, eight times. They're still seeking out coaching from me to help them refine their mental processes. Mm -hmm. How can I learn? how to uh, get get the most out of myself both externally and internally and they recognize that that is a huge component of them being able to succeed so for all of you listeners who are beginners or who are new or who feel like this is so overwhelming and it's so challenging a decade in at the top of your game on this crossfit podium for mm. five years in a row you will still be having things that you recognize or learn about yourself and can still get excited about like you said excited about learning and growing into and practicing and it, trial and error and experimentation and that's what is actually so enticing about the whole thing I love that. You just put a beautiful bow on that. And um, I have a, a final question for you before we wrap up here. But before we get to that, um, where can people find you and continue to learn from all of these knowledge bombs that you just have? All the, Like, where can people find you? How can they work with you? Where can they learn from you? Mentalitywad.com is a place that houses most of my information. Mentalitywad on Instagram. There is a um, a Mentality Wad online program. I have coaching options, mastermind groups, eBooks, all that good stuff. If people want to get involved, uh, I think the best way for you all to just follow me is through Instagram so that you can start to see what is the type of content that I'm putting out and how it might be able to help you. And if you want further coaching from there, yeah, you can just, you can always email me dawn at mentalitywad.com. I love that. And if you guys are listening and you like what we put out around these parts, you're going to 
love what Donna's putting out. So go give her a follow. There's so much great stuff there that yes, applies to the gym, but of course transcends the gym into every area of life that you're interested in applying it. So um, I highly recommend going and giving her a follow. So um, Don, my last question for you is sort of just like, I mean, I feel like we've been talking around these, or not around, we've been talking through a lot of these concepts. So these may have been things that we've already touched on, or maybe they're things that we didn't even get a chance to get into at all here today. But for somebody who is like, oh yeah, I want to step up my mental game, um, in the gym or just like we've been talking about in your life. Cause they're, they, they correlate really well. What would you say are like the first few, either like most fundamental or maybe most valuable steps that people can take on their own, like starting today to begin to do this work for themselves in their own life? Make a list of anything that you believe is holding you back in any way. What struggle, what's hard for you? What's a struggle for you? What limits you in any way? Write it down, right? What are my fears? What are my worries? How are they limiting me? And that is, the, that is something you could do right now. We could all make a list of five to 10 things that are holding us back or limiting us in any ways. And the next thing you do is, why would it be important for me to practice these or work through them or overcome? There has to be a reason why it would be valuable for you. If not, I wouldn't say just start taking ice baths and just start doing things that are radically uncomfortable for you. Have a reason why you believe it would serve you or help you in your pursuit. And then the practice, have as much fun playing with it and practicing it as you can. On my personal Instagram at Dawn M. Fletcher, you'll see just some of my own personal growth experiments. I, I try to do my best of keeping people up to date just with what I'm getting into. But if you maybe need some inspiration about how to do it in a fun way and how to just play with fear and overcome things that are limiting you in any way, uh, surround yourself with other people who are pursuing growth in the same way. And maybe it's on Instagram and maybe it's in your personal life, but I would get as much uh, motivation, inspiration as possible from others who are doing things that, that you know you would want to do too. Play with fear. I play with fear. Love that. Play with fear. Absolutely. Like it, if you can begin to do that in your life, everything begins to get better. Have fun being uncomfortable. Not only like get comfortable being uncomfortable, have fun with it. Lean into it. Play with it. Laugh at yourself. Did I call that at the beginning of the show or what? I was like, I have a feeling this we is going to be the around. underlying theme. It's full circle. Look at yeah, that. we could do a whole thing on just playing with fear <laughs> and navigating the fear response. Like that's something that's been just incredibly fascinating to me recently. And I think the best way for me to be able to have a grasp on it is to try it on myself and to get as much practice as I can playing with fear. And that helps me be better versed to be able to coach others through it. Well, it is absolutely clear that you um, walk the walk, Don, and I really appreciate I you coming on today and sharing everything that you, um, every like all of your insight, all of your strategies, all of um, you know what you've been able to learn and what you teach. And um, um, I just, I really appreciate you not only coming on the show today, but like I said, you out there doing what you're doing because I think it's such a, a much needed approach to um, not only the gym but far, far, far beyond that. And so, um, yeah, thank you for your work. Thank you for your time. I really appreciate you being here today. Thank you, Taylor. It's been a gift, a blessing, and it's been awesome to spend time with you. 
Well, there you have it, team. I really hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. As usual, you know the deal. If you did enjoy this conversation, please go follow Dawn. Uh, leave a rating or review on the show if you're on iTunes. Um, or, you know, screenshot and tag us on the gram. Let us know you're listening. Let us know what resonated, what you enjoyed. That always just means so much and goes so far to really hear from you um, and what you are really enjoying. So thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Until next time. If you enjoyed today's show, please take a moment to share a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button while you're at it. If you're looking for some more She Thrives goodness in your life, you can find me posting over on Instagram at She Thrives Blog. And if you're interested in learning how to work with me inside She Thrives Academy, head over to my website at www.shethrivesblog.com to learn more and check out all the deeds for you there.